Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello. Hello. My name's Craig Fields. And I'm David Long. And you're listening to week 52 of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. Now, we've gone out of our way to watch as many films as humanly possible that are new (laughs) to the not cinemas. Um, So you, the listener... Don't have to. Uh, something's <laughs> gone wrong. <laughs> yes, it's another week and another load of movies to review. Craig, what are we reviewing this week? <laughs> well, David, we're taking a look at News of the World, and that brings director Paul Greengrass and Tom Hanks back together for a Western, no less. Uh, and this is, uh, an, is it worth it, kind of exclusive, I guess? Um, it's coming to Netflix on the 10th of February. Then we're heading over to Apple TV Plus for Palmer, starring Justin Timberlake. It's then over to Amazon Prime Video for Bliss, starring Owen Wilson and Salma Hayek, and that is out today. I just can't remember <laughs> what day it is. Oh, today, dear. that's right. After that, it's back to Netflix for The Dig, starring Kerry Mulligan, Ray Fiennes, Lily James, and Johnny Flynn. Ooh, and the final review is Penguin Bloom, starring Naomi Watts and Andrew Lincoln. He's managed to get out that zombie TV show that everybody seems to like. Um, (laughs) And he's uh, now bounced onto Netflix for Penguin Bloom. It's good stuff, isn't it? Yes, really looking forward to the show. Um, (laughs) We might as well kick off with me asking, how are you, Craig? Like I said, two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. I'm going to go for three. Going to go for the hat trick next week. See if I remember. Well, David, I'm doing very well, thank you. I've, um, I, I, you know, we're still in lockdown. Um, I mean, yeah. we say this every week because it's just been every week for the last how many years? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember anymore. Um, but as we're in this lockdown, I don't know about yourself, but I have learned to do things that I never really thought I would have to or need to do in any depth. And one of those things is learning how to perfect recipes. Oh. I know. Um, one of which I think I've perfected amazingly well. And it's actually one that I've actually cooked for you. Um, oh, wow. Is, is it the peanut butter, chilli and lime chicken? It is. It's peanut chicken with, yes, as you say, chilli and lime and garlic. And um, I think that's everything on that. But also homemade fries yeah um and homemade um not beetroot um what was it red cabbage there we go beetroot i know (laughs) but homemade beetroot no it's a bit of uh, red cabbage oh nearly got that out wrong Um, (laughs) it's going well so far yeah the problem is though i've come to the realization that i need some kind of vinyl gloves when i'm cutting up the chilies because the chilies (laughs) go on your fingers and I completely forgot about this. And I took my contact lens out of my eye. Oh, oh no. my God, the devastation. And I couldn't get it off my fingers properly. And Absolute even scenes. when I went in to get it out of the other eye, it just, oh, the, just agony. Absolute agony. Mm. And it's and st- my fingers are still burning. Still 
burning to this very moment. <laughs> and I, and it's been two days now since I made that wow. dish. Unbelievable. Uh, um, unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, but other other news about me. Um, I I I had the vaccine. Well, congratulations. I know, and um, I, you know, super like amazed that I actually was given it. Um, before listeners think that this is a, a ridiculous that I've somehow managed to have it. I'm clearly not over a certain age. Um, I'm actually a key worker. I've um also got an underlying condition that puts me in the moderate category. So I was offered the vaccine um, as a way of, um, well, hoping to, to keep myself safe in some way. Yeah. Um, but amazing, absolutely amazing what the NHS are doing. Um, amazing what um, Watford Football Club are doing as well. They've given their stadium over to the NHS um, so that they can vaccinate as many people as possible. They've got the facilities there. It was great. I got to go into the Watford Football Club Executive Lounge um, oh, wow. to sit down for 15 minutes after I had the vaccine. They gave me a tea. They gave me some biscuits, bourbon biscuits, no less. Um, <laughs> lots of bourbon biscuits. <laughs> and yeah, it. Uh, you know what? Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys at the NHS. You've done and you are doing something super amazing in the ability to deliver so many vaccines so quickly yeah and thank you to all of the volunteers as well there's volunteers there the guy who was giving me tea and biscuits he he was there not being paid nothing he was there just to look after us i suppose those that were getting vaccinated so yeah seriously amazing stuff um how are you david yeah i'm doing good um i believe we you would know more about this than i than i would but i believe we nearly hit a milestone um, with our number of downloads, which I was absolutely delighted to see. Yeah. Um, Go on. You, you say it. Nearly. We're very nearly at 30,000 downloads, which is just incredible um, from where, when we started the podcast um, to where we are now. And what I was going to tell you, Craig, I actually listened back um, to our first ever episode where oh, we no. reviewed <laughs> The Post, Three Billboards Outside Emming, Missouri, and mm. The Darkest Hour. And what a start. And, I remember that yeah, so vividly, actually. Yeah, it, uh, unbelievably three years ago. But do you know the crazy thing? I was so much more controversial, and we swore. What? <laughs> there was quite a lot of swearing. Um, I need to go back first, and re-edit that, then, don't I? Yeah, in the in the first episode. Obviously, now we're a more family oriented show. Other than that, the beard continues to grow. It is getting very, very long now, mm. um, and I have absolutely terrible blisters. Um, Why? I purchased some new shoes. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Go back. You did what? I purchased. I purchased. What does that? Are oh, you purchased? Why are you um, saying that in such a strange <laughs> way? I, I purchased some new shoes, mm. and they gave me the worst blisters, which meant I had to walk home standing on my shoes. Mm. It looked like I was in high heels. It was like John Cleese in the Ministry of City Walls. So these were blisters at the back of your feet. Back of the feet. So, so I had to stand are on these the too shoes. Small? No, they're the right size. They're actually the same pair of shoes that I bought that I bought last time. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know why they're rubbing so bad. So honestly, when I was walking home, I was getting the strangest looks. Um, as I, it looked like I was walking in high heels. Uh, it was not a pretty sight. I, I just don't understand. So you've purchased a, a, a pair of shoes that are too small for you? No, they're the right size. Are you sure? Absolutely. Are you, are you positive? I'm positive. They're a size nine. I've always been a size nine. They're exactly the so same what's shoes. What's different then? I don't know. I'm going to take it up with. I'm going to say. I'm going to say where I got these shoes from. Yep. Sainsbury's. 
Ah, Mr. Sainsbury's. <laughs> yeah, but nowhere's open to get, you know, more Well, have you heard footwear? of the internet? I have heard of the internet, yeah. That's... Yes, um, they have a plethora of online outlets that you can get great <laughs> pairs of shoes from. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to look into that um, in the future. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch upon, Craig, is the Golden Globe nominations are out. Um, Ooh. <clears throat> So have you? <laughs> Clearly, sorry, just, this is a moment. Just, no, have you? Um, have you? Have you been looking into this, or do you want me to give you a brief rundown of some of the highlights that I thought were from the Golden Globes? Yes, no, yes, please, David. I haven't actually been looking into it because I knew you were going to want to talk about it, and I let you do the research so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the biggest news is no Best Actor nomination for Delroy Lindo. What? Uh, no, not uh, not nominated at the Golden Globes. Snubbed. Also not nominated at the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Snubbed. Um, and in my research, one thing that really stood out is none of the black-led ensemble films were nominated for Best Picture Drama at the Globes. What, so, so Ma Rainey? So no Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, no The Five Bloods, no One Night in Miami, and no Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, so make of that what you will. Mm. Um there has, however, been great progress in the fact that three women, Craig, have been nominated for Best Director. Okay, at well, Globes. at least we've got some progress. Hey? Regina King, Chloe Zhao and Emerald Fennell. Um, previously, only five women had been nominated in the Globe's 77-year history. Um, I Mank mean, that, leads... is, that is progress. Yeah, it? so that's definitely progress with three nominations in one category. Mank leads the way um, with... Uh, six nominations and as for the Screen Actors Guild Awards there was some interesting news there as I said Delroy Lindo was snubbed again um, but Amy Adams made best female actor in a leading role for Hillbilly Elegy um, hmm. yeah yeah that was that was quite a surprise uh, Glenn Close gets a Globe and a SAG nomination for Hillbilly Elegy so she's now a front runner in the Oscar race seven time Academy Award nominated actress um, and finally I'll finish off by saying I think the biggest surprise according to the pundits and award season experts mm. is that Gerard Leto was nominated for both a Golden Globe and a SAG for Best Supporting Actor for his work in The Little Things that was not expected um, we are actually. Can I can I plug Road to the Oscars quickly? Um, I mean, yes, it's on our feed, so why not? <laughs> so we are actually our next episode of Road to the Oscars. We are actually going to be focusing on the four acting categories. We're going to be doing a deep dive into Oscars, Globes, Screen Actors Guilds, what it all means, uh, and predicting who we think is going to be nominated, who we think might win, and ultimately who we want to win. I've got a guest lined up. And I've got another guest lined up for March, so do keep your eyes and ears peeled for Road to the Oscars. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, so I think we've, <laughs> um, we've sort of outpaced ourselves there on the intro and we should yeah. probably head on over to our main reviews. Um, but by I, I should mention again, there is no box office rundown. Um, we're leaving this out until cinemas are reopened in the UK um, and we can actually delve into the figures for the box office rundown. I mean, if you guys like the box office rundown, that is, if you don't, let us know and we won't include it on the show anymore. Yeah. Don't know what happened to Get in touch. <laughs> What's the email address, David? <laughs> The email address, oh God, you've put me on the spot, is my mail is worth it at isitworthitpodcast.com. Oh, nearly. Nearly got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
So, dear listeners, our first review on week 52 is News of the World. This takes place five years after the end of the Civil War. Captain Jefferson Kyle Kidd, played by Tom Hanks, a veteran of three wars, now moves from town to town as a non-fiction storyteller, sharing the news of presidents and queens, glorious feuds, devastating catastrophes and gripping adventures from the far reaches of the globe. In the plains of Texas, he crosses paths with Joanna, a 10-year-old taken in by the Kiowa people six years earlier and raised as one of their own. Joanna, hostile to the world she's never experienced, is being returned to her biological aunt and uncle against her will. Kid agrees to deliver the child where the law says she belongs, and as they travel hundreds of miles into the unforgiving wilderness, the two will face tremendous challenges of both human and natural forces as they search for a place that Eva can call home. We have a clip. Let's take a look. Slash listen. Bird. 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Guto. Guto? Guto. Bird is guto? Guto. Guto. Ongo Buffalo. Since you're so smart, prickly pear cactus. There are cactus, and there's juniper out there, and there's some sage. 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 Yeah, that's right. It smells good. Good. So, what else can you teach me? So that was a really great clip that Craig has sourced there. It has our two main protagonists there, played by Tom Hanks and Helena Zengel. Uh, And that's just a really touching clip as we see both of them trying to learn each other's language, culture, get to understand each other. Um, Where will I start with this review? Well, I'll start at the top. It's obviously directed by Paul Greengrass, um, written by Paul Greengrass and Luke Davies. And the first thing that I noticed about this film, Craig, is it has a lovely soundtrack. Mm -hmm. It was something that I noticed um, immediately. And the film starts with Tom Hanks getting dressed um, and he has some serious scars on his body. And this is to show that he's a weathered war veteran who now, like you said in your synopsis, travels around reading newspapers. The film is set in 18... 70. Um, And like I said, it has this beautiful score. The score comes from James Newton Howard, an eight-time Oscar nominee and one of my favourite composers. And it really sets the scene. I think the way this film has been shot, it captures the era beautifully. Um, Like I said, it's, it's in in 1870 the one thing i would say about this film and i think i'll bring you in here craig is is the pace it's quite a slow paced film yeah it's not 
when this film first came out, one of the original trailers pitched it as more of a, a traditional Western, whereas actually this is more of a character study and more of a drama. What did you? What were your hopes and expectations going into the film? And what was your thoughts on, on the pace angle? I'm, to be honest with you, I've not really watched any of the really old-time Western movies. Mm. More recent, I've watched maybe 310 to Yoma, um, yeah. which I absolutely adored watching that. It was exciting. It was it was like a modern take on what I would expect is a modern take on a Western. Yeah. I would expect it to be on par with this in, in some instances. We have Paul Greengrass, who is obviously the director of some big action movies, um, the Bourne films, for instance, yeah. um, and he's no stranger to working with Tom Hanks. So from him, you're going to get something that's going to be somewhat action-packed but you're right the pace of it is a lot slower and a lot more um uh, it allows you to delve into the characters in a way that you might not have been able to experience from a western or true western that really yeah. has a pace that goes from naught to 100 um you know at any moment yeah. this this does have those moments but they're a lot more subdued and real in some senses yeah they they are how you expect these things to happen in real life if you were set in the 1870s um but you know this this is uh an, an interesting film for, of sorts i think because it's seeing a director that's um you know as far as i'm aware has never directed a western before um you know it sees tom hanks who i'm also pretty sure has never done a western yeah um and it brings those two people together in t- and and make something i think still rather special mm. um I, i'm i'm not sure if i'm completely sold on this film as of yet i want to hear a bit more about what you feel maybe and maybe that might swing me around a little bit into feeling like it's a, a top-notch film but i don't feel like Personally, this is going to pick up many awards. Now, the Globe and Gold Globe nominations, obviously, as you said earlier in the introduction, are, are out. Anything for News of the World? Uh, off the top of my head, I, I didn't know you were going to ask me that. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but what I would say is go back six months. Um, I've been following the Oscars race since then. News of the World was one of the favourites, eight to one joint favourite to win Best Picture. It's now drifted all the way out to 22 to one. And I went into this film with very, very high expectations. Like I said, uh, a lot of critics, a lot of pundits have been talking about this as being a Best Picture contender. And I think you're right. There's something not Best Picture about this. Um, And I'll happily say off the bat that this will not win Best Picture. Um, If there are 10 nominees this year, um, then there's a potential uh, that it could be nominated. Um, In terms of the pace, there is a real injection of pace, Craig, in one particular scene, Mm -hmm. um, a shootout scene. Um, No spoilers, we won't say exactly what happens in the scene, but I found that a really tense action sequence. It's pretty much the only action sequence in the film, but the way it's shot... um, you're literally on the edge of your seat with our two characters in peril. Um, and I thought that was, that was, that was really, really good. But yeah. like we've said, not, not your traditional Western and a film that was expected to do well in award season, but one that I don't, I mean, in some of the tech categories, yes, but in the big categories, um, 
I'm not sure. Obviously, uh, it's it's worth noting that Helena Zengel has been nominated um, for Best Actress in a Supporting Role in a Motion Picture uh, at the Globes, and she also picked up a Screen Actors Guild Award. Damn it! I was been um, I've been searching for that that entire time, and you had it there all along, didn't you? Yeah. Um, and sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry, yeah, uh, I had it there all along. It has two Golden Globe nominations, uh, one for Helena Zengel and one for James Newton Howard. I did have it in my notes. I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> so even though you didn't expect me to ask you that, you still had it and you still yeah. said you didn't have it. Thanks yeah, for that. I David. did have it. Thank you. You were doing the Golden Globes not research. I'm disappointed. Um, next time, please remember that I might ask you that question. Yeah, I apologise. Um, so, I mean, that's a, a good uh, segue into the performances. What, what did you think of, of Tom Hanks and what did you think of uh, Helena Zengel? Let's start off with the youngest. Uh, Helena Zengel, I thought, was amazing. I thought she was absolutely perfect in this film. Brilliantly cast. I thought yep. she carried herself beautifully in this film. She managed to get across... A young person that isn't able to communicate effectively with the person that she is with via words, verbally can't communicate. I mean, that clip perfectly summed that up there. They still manage, though, to have this connection. And for a young actress to be able to portray that connection with somebody whilst not really speaking words for a majority of the film really is testament to how good this performance is. And I am not surprised that she's picked up a Best Supporting Actress um, nomination at the Golden Globes because I think it is certainly well-deserved. Tom Hanks then, moving on to Tom Hanks. Actually, no, what did you think of Helena Zenger? I think you've taken the words out of my mouth. I think... Because she doesn't, her character doesn't speak English. A lot depends on her facial expressions, her movements, yeah. the way she reacts to certain situations. And you, I was totally captivated by by her performance. I totally believed it. Totally engaged with her character. Um, am I surprised she's picked up a Golden Globe and a Screen Actors Guild nomination? Um, no. Um, in the sense that her performance is definitely worthy of it. Um, in my research for Road to the Oscars, I've got to admit her name wasn't, um, unless I'm mistaken, popping up that much. And with those two awards under her belt, she's got a big chance of an Oscar nomination. Big chance. Uh, certainly if she wins as well. Um, oh, yeah, of course. If she I wins, believe she's then... one, of the, one of the youngest as well to ever be nominated. Um, and yeah, if she wins, would... definitely could be. You know, yeah. she, um, the only person I can ever think of at the top of my head is Natalie Portman being one of the youngest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, amazing stuff. So shall we move on to Tom Hanks's performance then and, and discuss that a little bit more in depth? Yeah. So, I mean, Tom Hanks, again, there was talk of a Best Actor nomination. Um, he was in articles and, and Oscars pundits were excited for this performance. Um, I would say that this is a very solid, worthy Tom Hanks performance but for me what Tom Hanks's character doesn't have that for example Chadwick Boseman had in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or Delroy Lindo who's been snubbed had in The Five Bloods is that big monologue that big moment where he can express all of his emotions and, and get everything out we don't really get that from Tom Hanks's character no and that's we, not, di- we get close to it though I think we we get close but there's no moment in this film where I think that's a Tom Hanks Oscar moment. Um, it wouldn't make it into my, say, top five Tom Hanks performances. Do but you have a, a top five? Uh, off the top of my head, probably 
no. <laughs> um, You'd have to think I, about that. Another I, I question. Would, I, I will say one of his best performances is in uh, Castaway. Um, and I was going to draw a comparison with Castaway. The relationship that he creates with Wilson is one of the most emotive fantastic on-screen relationships ever yeah. and it's with a volleyball so we know tom hanks can act when he's got nothing to act with mm. so when helena zengel's character come in and there's that communication problem it's not a problem for tom hanks because he can bounce off a volleyball let alone a young actress <laughs> so um it's very true <laughs> you know true. if you can bounce off a volleyball then if you've got someone as talented as helena zengel next to you you've got you know worries at all i don't think it's like I said, I don't think it's one of Tom Hanks's best performances, but it's very, very solid, mm. very, very believable. And I would describe it as very, very honest. Yeah. Oh, you want me coming here, do you? Well, you could do. <laughs> you just suddenly stopped talking. Sorry. It's OK. Um, what I was going to say is that, um, you know, if we were to put together a top five, he's been in so many movies, it's almost impossible to put them together, I feel. Yeah. But obviously... Um, uh, Tom Hanks and Paul Greengrass have worked together on Captain Phillips, um, yeah. which was actually um, the 2013 Best Picture nominee, um, I believe. And it, um, that is a, a very, very, very good performance from Tom yeah. Hanks there. And an incredibly, incredibly tense movie. Um, and one that I, I, I rate very, very highly. Now, if we had to compare the two movies, obviously it's like comparing apples to oranges. They're both very different films. Mm. But if we were to compare them, which would you say was better? Uh, Captain Phillips. Uh, is there a reason why you think that, though? What what would make that, you know, that moment of realisation that that is I better? just think it's, it's, a, it's a slightly deeper performance. I think there's a bit more to his character in Captain Phillips. Um... This this character in News of the World, it is like an onion. We do learn more about him, but he's also, he travels alone. He reads the news alone. Um, it's He's quite a closed book in many, many ways. And it's when Helena Zengel's character comes in, um, Joanna, that he begins to open the book and we start to see the words on the pages and learn more about his character. Yeah, no. I, Sorry, I've just I've just realised I've just stopped again. You've just um, it's, <laughs> you've stopped again when it sounds like you're about to carry on. There's more to your point, but don't worry. I apologise. Is there any more to that point though? No. Um, <laughs> for me, Captain Phillips would would be a superior performance. Okay. Well, there is a little bit of about this film that I mean, let's assess the story a little bit more and and pick at that a little bit because in in my opinion, this is a bit of a, a story that sort of is 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 harking back or not harking back but it's actually quite poignant for today's time um it, it's very relatable in the sense that everybody is at odds with each other in this film um and then everybody seems to be at odds with each other in america right now mm. um with obviously a, a on the back of a civil war in this film um people are still very disconjointed and not happy and and uh, you know things might go in one way to another from one way to another in terms of people still want to revolt people are still part of the south north sort of divide that's going on there it's very similar to what is going on today and mm. happened not so weak few oh, I, i'm really tongue-tied today it could be that g and t have been drinking 
<laughs> but, I like how you just admitted that you're on the GT. It's I, great. I, I had to admit at least that that might be why my just, uh, speech is I th- impeded. I think it's just to cut the the edge off the nerves, Craig. I'm not nervous. I'm a sheer professional at this. <laughs> you were saying. I was saying. Um, bring it back to the film, Craig. Come on, we're, we're professionals. Um, so the, the, a civil war mm. in today's age was on the cards if you looked at it a few weeks ago um before the um 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 before, see i just can't talk inauguration but, yes that is thank you for that um yes before that <laughs> wow anything is this resonating with you at all what i've been trying yeah, to say yeah i think the interesting point you made is there was a video actually on youtube of when the um that building was stormed by the the Trump supporters. There was actually a video of someone who was crying, and 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 a reporter said, "Why are you crying?" And she was like, "Because we're in the midst of a revolution." So I know what you mean. Although it wasn't the start of a revolution, there is that tension in America. There is that treading on eggshells. There is that feeling that America was on very very thin ice before the inauguration of Joe Biden. And I think that's a really interesting analysis relating it to this film. Um, where obviously you've got an 1870s America that is still really, really divided. Mm. Um, and we see that with, with the Kiowa people. We see that with the North and the South. Um, we obviously see that with, we still have um, scenes where it appears that black people are being used as slaves or they're certainly being used for labour. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a really, really interesting analysis, actually. Um, yeah, really great point. Thanks. Um, Anything else that you've got in your notes that you would like to share with myself and the audience? Yeah, so we've looked at the we've looked at the acting, we've looked a little bit at the the plot and the story. I just thought we'd touch upon the cinematography. Um, the cinematography was from Darius Wolski, um, also known for The Martian, Prometheus, and Sicario Two, which I thought was a brilliant film and beautifully shot. Um, the cinematography in this film was very, very striking. Obviously, the cinematographer has... Some films, you have to use the camera to create a certain feeling. Mm. In this film, you have the landscape and you have to capture that. Um, and I think they do that really, really well. Um, we see some gorgeous sunrises and sunsets. We see panoramic high, what I can only assume was drone shots. Um, one particular scene where there's thousands of cattle being moved. Um, we get the traditional western with Tom Hanks riding on a horse and that's nicely shot. So I thought the cinematography was really, really nice. Um, and also it was all natural light as well. Um which you would know more than me, but it, it's 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 quite tough to to capture stuff in natural light. Is is you know well, especially off- as the sun goes down and 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 you're capturing it from maybe just a, a fire that's been lit. You know, yeah. you're going to need yourself a camera that is actually capable of picking up that low light sensitivity. Um, and and they achieve this very well within this movie. It's not like Malcolm and Marie if we compare that to that, yeah. which incidentally, guys, is out today on Netflix. Um, a little plug there. If you want to listen to our review, go over to YouTube or download Week 51. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so the low light sensitivity coming from the camera. Now, it's interesting to note that, you know, they they've got to try and capture as you say the wide um landscapes and they've got to sort of also capture the intimacy of 
these characters on screen and it's a difficult thing to achieve to make balance to both of them and we've seen it in films before where we have a story it's in cities and they throw in these landscape shots i mean of the cityscape over Mm. drones and they throw them in to the point where it's just oversaturated cut cutaway scenes to to bring bridge the gap between scenes you don't get that here you they're used purposefully within this film and it's done so in 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 a in a really brilliant way and it brings something that maybe was unconventional in the time of when shooting westerns which was using handheld cameras over the last God knows how many years when Westerns have been about to making it feel something that's a very more, more modern, but harks back to the way that they traditionally shot these films. There's still more handheld things going on in here. And I think mm. it gives it that sort of tactile feel that, and it, and it does bring an intimacy with that whilst you have those drone shots showing the wide landscape. So yeah. I think, I think the cinematography in this film is gorgeous. It's stunning. And, and it's, it's um, typical of, you know, a green grass film, you know, in that sense, because he is known for shooting films that look great. And he has brought a lot of cinematographers on board to make that happen. You know, what films um, our cinematographer here has done. Um, and I believe he's also done um, the first chapters of Pirates of the Caribbean as well. So he knows how to frame something on a wide open landscape that maybe mm. has a lot of texture going on. And he knows how yeah. to bring that texture out of, of the landscape while still creating an intimate story. Um, and and yeah, this is a great pick from Greengrass bringing the cinematographer in to to to, to highlight the cinematography of of the landscape. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I waffled on a bit there. No, no, spot on. And and then finally, we we've we've touched a lot of bases. Um, just the screenplay. Obviously, this was based on the novel of the same name by um, Paulette Giles. I thought the screenplay was really really good. Um, again, a very slow burn, but some real intense moments in there as well i love those scenes where tom hanks is reading the news because we've got to remember craig this was a time where obviously there was no internet (laughs) i mean that may sound that may sound silly me saying that but you know people would get their news from a newspaper um and certain towns and settlements wouldn't even have newspapers so it was up for people like tom hanks to travel well yeah absolutely but also that some of these people didn't even know how to read so it was up to somebody like tom hanks to deliver the news in a uh, like a itv news broadcast um sort of way but live in a farmhouse i don't know but yeah yeah, you know it's it's a testament to the story in that sense but it's a good probably a good point to bring in um a little bit about the music because the music follows that storyline so beautifully well, you know, from this regret all the way through to almost redeeming nature in, in, in the soundtrack. And it, you know, the, there's only one person that I know that you love more in the music for films. And that's um, James Newton Howard. And he is the, he does the score here. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he is the one that you love more, more, isn't it? Or is there somebody yeah, else? J- James Newton Howard is, is probably my favorite. Obviously Hans Zimmer is going to be up there as well. And God, I got it right. Um, but, James Newton Howard is fantastic. Whether you like the film or not, his score for the film The Village, um, a very controversial film, panned by some people, considered a very good film by others. What do you um, think? I loved The Village. <laughs> I thought right. it was. I thought it was really clever. Um, I loved the characters. I loved the twist. Um, and the soundtrack on The Village is brilliant. The soundtrack which he does for Signs, the Alien movie, is really really intense. Um, he, I mean, he's an eight-time Oscar nominee, and 
a good soundtrack is a soundtrack that you listen to and you go i can imagine the film being this and if you listen to this soundtrack on its own you would go yeah that's for a western um it's it's a brilliant score and it works really well with the screenplay the screenplay and the score bounce off of each other the performances are great um yeah um i'm a big fan of this film but it's not as good as I was hoping. And I think that's because it really was bigged up a lot pre-award season. Mm. Um, I was going to say a little bit more about the music, but I feel go like ahead. you're, you're taking, taking us to the end of the room. <laughs> I, I was sort of trying to round it off, but I want to hear your thoughts. And so do the listeners, Craig. Okay, well, I was just going to say that, that I felt that the motifs that that James Newton Howard created for these characters in the film through the, for the elements of music, whilst they were also, they, you can tell that they have their own motifs of music. They're so subtle that you, f- you forget that they are motifs in a way. Like when you see Tom Hanks come on the screen, he might have a little bit of a musical motif. Now, a, a great example of really obvious motifs in films is in The Holiday, where yeah. a character is, is genuinely making music to portray the person's character yeah but that that's one typical scene in a film where they're trying to highlight that films and music do that mm. and if you're taking and analyzing that and putting that into films and to review them like we are we're listening for these things constantly and you hear that they have motifs in this film but he's such a master of being able to make it a subtle thing that you don't mm. think, Oh, it's Tom Hanks on screen now because that motif, that piece of music's on the screen. <laughs> like you, you know, it, like there's so much more depth and layers to the orchestral arrangement of the, of the music. And, and yeah, I, I really love the music for this film and I wouldn't be surprised if it picked up some awards for it. I really did. I really yeah, think it would. Um, I would suspect that it would be nominated for a best original score at the Oscars. Obviously it's picked up that golden globe nomination. Um, and rightly so. Uh, and l- another thing, lastly, the production design, the production design, the costumes, I think are great. Um, good Westerns have good costumes. Um, and Tom Hanks just looks great. He, he, he fits this character. He plays this character so well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, I, th- I think if you're ready, I'm ready. Are you ready for questions? I, Is that uh, what you're yeah, trying to say? Unless you have any more points. I, I do. I really don't, actually. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Um, so I'm going to ask you the question first. Craig, news of the world. Is it worth it? Yes, this is definitely worth watching. This is a, a, a Universal and Netflix movie, and it's available to stream on Netflix on February the 10th, 2021. So in five days' time, this is out on February the 5th. So in five days' time, um, you might be listening to this either before or after that date, but it is available <laughs> on February the 10th. And uh, yeah, 100% worth watching on Netflix. If you can get to a cinema, some of our listeners are able to get to cinemas. Um, do see this on the biggest screen possible. I think those, yeah. as we said, those landscapes will really pop and the intimate story will really glow on screen from those low light fire scenes. Um, David, news of the world. Is it worth it? Yes, 100% worth it. Um, one little warning, don't go in expecting sort of a fast-paced shootout, a Mexican standoff western. It's more of a slow-paced character drama. But like we've said, the score by James Newton Howard is brilliant. The cinematography is gorgeous. The two performances are great. Um, and it's a film that I've seen once, and it's a film that I will definitely watch again. News of the world. Worth it. Thank you.
our next review sees us hopping over to Apple TV Plus for Palmer. After 12 years in prison, former high school football star Eddie Palmer returns home to put his life back together and forms an unlikely bond with Sam, an outcast boy from a troubled home. Let's take a little look and listen to a clip. Excuse me, just want these. My friend Emily gave me this. Every time she gets a new doll, I'll get one of her old ones. Her dog chewed this one up. But it's still okay. She just has to hop a little. See? You know you're a boy, right? Yeah. Boys don't play with dolls. Well, I'm a boy, and I do. See you later, Palmer. So that was a lovely clip from Palmer where we see uh, Justin Timberlake and Ryder Allen um, exchanging um, an interesting conversation. And I think that clip really sums up our two main characters. We've got Justin Timberlake, who plays Palmer um, and Ryder Allen, who plays. Is it Sam? Yes, it is Sam. Sam. Um, and Justin Timberlake's character is this former college sports star um, who who's ended up doing, I think it was a 12-year stretch in prison, yeah. which is a long old um, time behind bars. Um, we won't say what for. That is revealed in the film, and it is revealed well, I would say, because we're tense. We're like, damn it, I want to know why he was in prison. But the director <laughs> is like, no, we will wait for that, and we will, un- un- you know, we will reveal that in the right time. Um, I went into this film completely blind, um, which I'm trying to do more often. Didn't watch a trailer, um, didn't read a synopsis. Um, and the first thing I would say about this film is, is, is I really, really liked it. Um, the thing that popped out for me was that it had a very good script, um, a very good script indeed. And it's a very script heavy piece. Um, there is a lot of drama, but the drama is word heavy. Um, so we see we see arguments, we see quite in-depth conversations um, and the performances as well. Um, Justin Timberlake, big fan of his music when I was growing up. Just thought I'd plug that. <laughs> what, N- um, was it NSYNC? Was it what? NSYNC. No idea. Well, you never know. What, Justin Timberlake was in NSYNC, wasn't he? I, I I believe so. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. You'd have to Google. Well, you that. can't be that big of a fan then. <laughs> well, I was I was I was a fan of his solo work. Damn it! <laughs> um, <laughs> I could see Craig on Zoom just tapping away yep. on his computer. He was in NSYNC. He was okay. Yeah. I wasn't that big of a fan then. I was I liked it when he went solo. Um, oh, okay. So like I said, very good script. Um, really interesting story. Um, I've got lots of lots of thoughts, but what. What do you think, Craig? Did you go in? Had you watched a trailer? Had you done a bit of research? Were you expecting big things? I hadn't done any research whatsoever. I like to go into these films completely blindfolded almost. And I enjoy watching films as although it's a fresh thing. And it's it's beautiful when a film surprises you because you have you're going to have preconceptions about films you look at it you see you got you know it says Palmer you see that it's got Justin Timberlake in it and you assume that it's going to be a pretty decent film but how good Mm. I don't know and then you get into watching it and a beautiful story blossoms on screen 
Um, it's directed by Fisher Stevens, who is known to the small and big screen as an actor. Um, this is his directorial debut in terms of a feature film or fiction um, film. And it's... Um, and I think it's a pretty great directorial debut, if you ask me. Um, it's it's one that I've literally watched today, um, of the day of recording, because um, time is of the essence for me, and uh, being able to get all these films in is is incredibly difficult. And it's not one that I rushed. I I, I still watched it at um, a, a decent pace, and I think that the film equally has a decent pace as well. And I think Justin Timberlake is the perfect person for the role in this film. He is able to carry himself as somebody who can, I don't know, he can, he can portray himself as one of those lads who, you know, he's a pretty boy who can get all the girls and all that sort of stuff from like comedy movies that he's been in before. Mm. And then we sideways it into a film like this, where he's actually capable of showing this other side of him, where he's a tough guy. He's, you know, He's good looking, rugged and able to portray somebody who has a great character arc, somebody who's able to come to terms with something that maybe he's not quite overly familiar with and is able to accept this person, Sam, for who he is. And simply he is a child. Um, As you heard in the clip, he's more than just a child. He's somebody who is very feminine. He likes to play with dolls. He's considered somebody who is interested in in girly things and it's to the outside world in in the town where our mate our characters reside it's it's seen as something that could be you know um uh, well he's he, he gets a lot of things aimed at him in a homosexual or not homosexual way but a homophobic way yeah i get my words out right correctly there um and it's it's really upsetting to see somebody of his age and um uh, like just his age simply being taunted for the way he carries himself and the way he he is and people should be allowed to carry themselves whichever way they want especially when they're that age yes and i think the journey that our characters go on here is is simply beautiful it really really is Mm. um and i'll allow you to come in here yeah no it's a really interesting journey because justin timberlake comes out of out of prison he stays with his grandmother and it's actually on their land on the grandmother's land where there's a trailer um which uh, has shelly in who's played by juno temple she's sam's mother mm. um and when when tim blake comes out of prison he has he's a very macho man like you said he's just come out of jail he was a former college sports star he seems to drink an an extortion amount of beer and he likes a whiskey too um you know gets in a fight in the film he's willing to stand up for what's right and they form this really unexpected relationship and justin timblake's character becomes very accepting of him and almost protective um And I do think Juno Temple, as Sam's mother, gives a great performance. Unfortunately, she is addicted to drugs. Um, They don't specify, but you would imagine crack and heroin, that that kind of stuff. Mm. And we see her in the film vanishing, um, often disappearing for a couple of days, or in this case, what seems like a couple of weeks or maybe longer. And it's up to Justin Timberlake's character to look after Sam. And the way they bounce off each other is brilliant. Justin Timberlake gives a great performance, but it's Ryder Allen, um, for me, who plays Sam, who is 
it's one of my favourite performances I've seen. Um, I don't know how long to say for you know, but for a long time. Um, Is it really? Because yeah, for, I'm for, sure for, you've for, said this about some other films of recent. My favourite performance from a young actor. Okay, um, different category. Um, so possibly, <laughs> you know, Helena Zengel has been nominated for all these awards. Ryder Allen, if he can produce performances like this consistently going forward, remember the name Ryder Allen. He's going to be very, very special. And they're able to 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 act well because there is a good script. Mm. Um, the film is also incredibly well paced um, and it really pulls on the heartstrings. And I wanted to bring you back in here, Craig, because it did remind me of Hillbilly Elegy in many ways. Yeah. Um, you do get but, that set, that essence of Hillbilly in there, don't you, in that yeah, sense? Yeah, But it, it, it takes away the aspects of, of storytelling that Hillbilly Elegy was, was not quite good so perfected i suppose this is allowed this is this this film allows you to watch it in a different narrative way it it's it's very linear it doesn't flip between the different times yeah. it allows us to get to know the characters from the start when they meet all the way through to their 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 ending when you know it, you get a complete arc hit and it's yeah. not one that zigzags all over the place and and for that reason that it feels much more comfortable yeah to watch totally agree one thing that really shocked me when the film started was having june squibb open the door to justin timberlake i was like oh i know you you're in hubie halloween the last time i saw you <laughs> um yeah, and she... uh yeah i thought she was hilarious but also brilliant i mean mm. one scene where she's uh sitting in bed and and uh, Palmer goes in to say goodnight and she's sitting in bed saying goodnight, smoking a cigarette. And yeah. <laughs> it made me laugh. It made me chuckle. Yeah. And I, I, I really connected with Vivian, June Squibb's character in this film. Yeah. Um, a, a lot more than I did with Hubie Halloween any day. And I think it's a testament to just shows you how certain films are really are able to mold these actors and actresses into the characters that they need to be. Yeah. And I think... Our director here has able has um has enabled these actors to really blossom and 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 he's done a great job of getting Ryder Allen to be the person that he needs to be in this film to to embody the character that we need to see and he's got Justin Timberlake playing it so well he's he's subtle when he needs to be subtle to allow Ryder Ryder to 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 shine through and yeah just really perfectly perfectly is that even a word <laughs> i'm not sure new words with craig fields i mean it's usually you who generates the new words yeah um, i just make stuff up <laughs> it's a perfect or perfectly timed performance in terms of when each character comes in and bounces off each other and yeah i loved it i really really loved it yeah i i would say that comparison to hillbilly elegy obviously like you said you've got june squibb playing vivian which is the grandmother you can compare her to glenn close's character in hillbilly elegy but for me this is a more real piece than hillbilly elegy hillbilly yeah. elegy felt very over the top and dr over dramatized this felt much more honest genuine if not like a documentary but i really felt like this was really happening and i i didn't feel like for example with hillbilly elegy i felt like I was watching Glenn Close and Amy Adams try and win Oscars. That's what Hillbilly Elegy felt like to me. Whereas this film felt like I'm I'm there, I'm invested. This is really happening mm. and I've I'm a fly on the wall. It yeah. was brilliant.
Yeah, it really, really was. Um, any other points you'd like to pick out and uh, discuss, or would you like to perhaps ask some questions? No, um, it's it's a very meaty piece. Uh, lots of social, political, and religious commentary. Um, loads of meat on the bone here. Um, well worth a watch. So mm. yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I'm. Would you like to ask me the question? I, I'm, I, you know what? I've just thought of something else to say. Brilliant. <laughs> to discuss. Um, Apple TV Plus, is this the place? Is this the right home for this film? Does it suit Apple TV Plus? I mean, I'm not sure how to answer that. I, I, all I would say is, we're sort of answering the question, but I think this film deserves to be watched by as many people as possible. So is Apple TV Plus the right home for it? Maybe not. Because the number of people who have Apple TV Plus is, I would imagine, less than people who have Netflix and Amazon Prime. I, I mean, I would imagine so as well. But all the, all the people that are buying new Apple devices, they're getting Apple TV Plus free for a year. And I yeah. reckon actually there's a lot of people who have Apple t- TV Plus and don't realise that they have Apple TV Plus because they yeah. haven't signed up for it. Um, and also, I think Apple are really biding their time, picking the right pieces to suit their their streaming platform. They're not mm. just filling it with anything and everything, which has done, you know, a good job for Amazon and Netflix um, for a long time. It's enabled them to build a very large catalogue of films and movies, and 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 also a large collection of users. But is is this film suitable for Apple TV Plus? I think absolutely. I think we've got Cherry coming out soon with Tom Holland um, yeah. in March and we'll definitely be reviewing that one. It's supposed to be, it's a big one. It it's certainly is a big a one and it's going to be great. And I think, you know, we had On the Rocks, we've had no, numerous other really big films, another Tom Hanks film. Can't remember the name of it. Can you remember it? Um, Destroyer uh, comes to mind for some reason. But no, it's he plays a, a naval captain. Yeah, we've uh, reviewed it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I can't remember. That's really going to wind me up. Oh, is um, it? Let me see if I can find it. Really? Um, nope, I can't see it on Apple TV Plus, so I'm going to have to give up. What? You can't see it on Apple TV Plus? I've got Apple TV Plus up in front of me right now. And Greyhound, there you go. There you go, Greyhound. I don't know why I thought Destroyer, but I mean, they do have submarines that destroy <laughs> boats. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Greyhound. Again, when we reviewed Greyhound, we said that it was worth getting Apple TV Plus um, just for Greyhound. So now you've got Palmer on there as well. Yeah, there's, um, a, there's a lot more stuff coming up over the next few months and I think big things as well. And and, yeah. and I think don't ignore Apple TV Plus because, because it doesn't have as much content on there. Um, definitely give it a go. There are trial, seven-day trial... Um, uh, day period things I can't even talk again um, that you can pick up for free um, just go on the app and you can you can sign up if you haven't already and you yeah. can watch these films for free for seven days so they're pretty decent in that sense mm. On the Rocks as well On the Rocks as well yeah you I did mention that, that. Bill, yeah. Bill Murray got a Golden Globe nomination by the way there you go so th- they are they are picking the films aren't they they're picking them they know what the quality is they've got an essence about them that matches Apple's sort of what their what their feelings are for for these sort of films yeah anyway david i was gonna say on the rocks but it's not on the rocks palmer <laughs> greyhound <laughs> sorry palmer is it worth it yes um palmer is 100 percent worth it um directed by fisher stevens he does a great job written by cheryl guerrero i think the screenplay is superb um but for me it's Ryder allen this young 
actor who plays Sam. His character is so sweet, so engaging, so lovable. You just want him to get a safe home and be able to develop into the person that he can and will become. Um, Justin Timberlake's great. It's a really, really good film and 100% worth a watch. Craig, for you, Palmer, you know, is it worth it? <laughs> yes, this film is definitely worth watching. Um, I, I'm actually in the mood to watch it again because I really was moved by this film. Mm. And when a film is able to move you so emotively and really picks the right social and political moods for, for a film that isn't going to be too heavy, but yep. also really makes you, f- you know, feel joy in in, mm. in your bones in every single fiber within you that's definitely when a film is worth it so yes palmer on apple tv plus right now is definitely worth it So our next film is Bliss. Uh, Bliss is a mind-bending love story that follows recently divorced Greg, whose life is falling apart. He meets the enchanting Isabel, a woman who lives on the streets and is convinced that the polluted, broken world around them is not real. She believes they are living in an ugly, harsh world simulation inside the beautiful, peaceful, real world of Bliss. Doubtful at first, Greg eventually discovers there may be some truth to Isabel's wild conspiracy theory. Um, Let's take a little look at a trailer clip. I have a picture in my head of a place. I don't know if it's real. But it has a feeling. And the feeling's real. Hi, my love. Hi, Dad. I wanted to talk to you about my graduation. Thing. I'm going to be there in the bleachers. I'm going to see you in your... Let me... Let me. Are, how about I, I call you back? Okay. Taking the day off in here? Her boss wants to see you. I get a whiskey? Double. You're real. Sorry? I want to tell you something really cool. You see all these people outside? They're not real. This is a simulation. So that was a trailer clip from Bliss. This is available on Amazon Prime right now, out today, the 5th of February, if if you didn't know that, that was today. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) this stars Owen Wilson and Salma Hayek and directed by and written by Mike Carhill. Um, And (laughs) I'm laughing because um, it's, it's a funny one, really, isn't it, David? I don't know where to start with this film. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I've got some very, very strong opinions about this film. Um, really, really do. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, okay. Um, we, we both watched... I watched it yesterday. I think you watched it yesterday. Yeah. Um, firstly, what were you expecting? Um, what did you think? Um, I wasn't expecting very much from this film, to, to be honest with you. Um, reason being is because it has Owen Wilson, um, who 
always seems to disappoint me when I watch a film with him in, you know, typically known for comedies. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not somebody that I would say has done a film that has perhaps really sold a serious version of himself as an actor. Um, I've, there's been a few where I've liked, but he still brings that comedy element to it. And this yeah. film is no less. I think this film... He 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 does try to bring a serious actor game or his serious actor game to to the party, but he doesn't quite manage to to hit the ball out of the park with that. It's it's a really fine line for him. He's he's usually very dry in his humour, and he's very dry in this film. It's only <laughs> the story that is able to intrigue me, and. It's not really, you know, it makes me wonder, was this the right casting? Because also, you know, Salma Hayek, I I see her as a comedian as well. I see her as somebody who's able to carry herself as somebody who can make me laugh. And it's, it's, it's notable that these two actors are playing people in this film who have serious undertakings and serious problems in this film, you know, as in... Perhaps, is it drug abuse? Is it something else? We're not really quite sure because of yeah. the way this film is and the story that it's telling. We are, we're given two worlds, essentially. Yes. And it's very difficult to distinguish which is the real world. And we're very, we're, we're, it's very confusing to tell as well mm. which is the cause of it. Is it something to do with this big box full of brains and, and water <laughs> that they're all connected into with these weird brain tentacle things um up their nostrils or or are they just on meth or crack cocaine yeah. it's mm. it's incredibly difficult to distinguish but at the same time i quite like that it's the part it's that story element that really keeps me intrigued mm. and allows me to to feel i don't know weirded out by it but i like that weirded out come on then david i'm throwing you in here now uh, i've got to be honest i thought this film was a real mess um bizarre soundtrack is the first thing i'll say um i'd have to watch it again and re-listen but the soundtrack just seemed out of tune or off key made me feel very uncomfortable and perhaps that was that intended. was the point that was definitely intended david and i think it it does so in in our fake world mm. it really has this off-putting soundtrack and you heard it in the in the trailer clip there yeah. it's very similar um even possibly the same sort of music or same piece um running throughout it you've got the really off-putting strings and it really does go mm. hand in hand with the way that this film is is depicted i think yeah so but like i said it's it's got a bizarre soundtrack whether i i personally didn't like it um Craig did. Um, oh, no, I didn't say I liked it. I said it, it, it matches the, the yeah. visuals that you're seeing on the screen and, and the way that the story unfolds. It it goes hand in hand with that. Now, if you had some really upbeat, you know, music that you found to be um, tuneful and, mm. and something that really resonated with you, you'd be really, you know, you'd be like, the music's great, but I don't understand yeah. where it fits in this film. This fits in this film. Yeah, okay. All right, you, you make a good point. Uh, but I stand by my uh, assessment that it is a bizarre soundtrack. Um, but what I will say is early on, I'm thinking the script isn't great. 
uh, and I'm thinking the acting is a little wooden. It seems to have this really uneven narrative. But the main problem is, is I, I and and this may be me. And if Mike Cahill, the director and writer, is listening to this review, he might be thinking, "You missed the point, man. I didn't know what was going on." And I'm not saying that we have to be led by the hand. We we as critics have often criticised films that lead us by the hand. We don't need that. We want that element of mystery like we have in Tenet, for example, or Inception. But with this, they didn't seem to explain at any point succinctly what was going on. And when they did, we weren't sure whether it was real or fake. And I often make notes on films and I've made a few notes here. You know, there were some magic crystals. Um, the next minute, um, the two protagonists are at a roller disco. Um, then they're having sex in a public toilet. Now Owen Wilson is homeless. Um, this is the kind of film that it is really, really odd. Um, and the problem with it is because it didn't give me an explanation, I started to lose to lose interest. And then there were some blue crystals which they had to snort up their nose. Then Bill Nye was in it. Then there was some sort of brain box. Um, bizarre. In my notes, I did say, though, that one of the positives of this film is the cinematography. That Some of the, the shots in this film are very, very nice. And it is very sci-fi and the way they capture what is going on. Some of the special effects are quite good. Um, the ending redeems it somewhat. Um, I did quite like the ending because... But then that's intriguing to me because if you like the ending, you must have got some kind of you know, resolution there. I said and, I and quite we do. like the ending. Yeah, but we do get that kind of resolution. But it, I think you're hating on this film a little bit too much. Now, I know the problems of this film are essentially building some kind of connection with our main protagonist in this yeah. film. We can't seem to do that because it's so difficult. But if you just take a step back and objectively look at what this film is, is essentially doing, it's showing us a broken man, somebody who mm. is unable to comprehend himself what is going on. And, th and the director puts us in, in that seat with him, in his shoes. We're following him as he, as he experiences some kind of trip or is it a trip? We don't know. And and we get this really great sci-fi element to it, which I quite liked. I quite like these sci-fi elements. And I liked when we get into this this real world, or is it real world? I don't know. But you get like his four experiment machine. I really liked that as a as a as a piece of set design or a piece of production. You know, it was really nice. And Bill Nye showing up was brilliant because it also, you know, it puts us in in his shoes again it puts us as in owen wilson's shoes as that as his character is he thinking this up because B bill nye in the world of science and tv science he's got a lot of fans out there like people love yeah. him he's like the brian cox of, of of american science if you know what i mean like he he's beloved in that sense and i i think it could be his character you know putting him into the story so to speak and you read into these little things and if you really really paid attention and trust me you have to pay attention to this film there's a lot of a little easter eggs thrown in in there um you know the the cinematography for instance when you have the very strange um uh light diffusions or light 
um, diffractions, I suppose they are when, you know, when you shine light for a prism, a glass prism, yeah. and it splits it into like the different rays, the different spectrums of color of, mm. of, of light. And you get that a lot in this film and it's, it's playing with your mind. You know, it's suggesting that these places that have this, this light diffraction that comes across in the screen, these might not be the real world. And you have it at the beginning of the film when his wallet sort of does that weird fade in and out disappearing thing yeah but it was with the light diffractions that were shining on his desk and then you have you have it in in various different shots in the real world and in 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 the fake world and it makes you wonder actually these are two are very much so connected perhaps they are all part of his imagination it's him experiencing something and and it's because of this intrigue that I really enjoyed the movie. Essentially, it's the, it's, it's the people in the lead roles that haven't been able to sell it to me. It's mm. the story itself intrigued me. And I can say that over and over again, but I don't think it's going to sink into your mind because I don't think you were intrigued. I don't think it, it piqued your interest at all. Really. No, it didn't suspend my belief. It didn't capture me, say, like um, Tenet or... Uh, Inception, or maybe even the Matrix, something like that, where I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I can, I can get on board with this. I thought, I just, I don't want to hate on Owen Wilson, but I just thought it was a bizarre casting. Um, I, I don't know who I would have cast. Um, well, so I mean, this, this is the thing, like you know, you've had Jim Carrey in films like The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and yeah. and um, other films like The Truman Show. Who he's 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 a great comedy actor, but also has this ability to 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 do some fairly serious movies with elements of comedy in it. And I can't help but feel like this was a Jim Carrey film. Maybe like he's 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 <laughs> able to carry himself in that way in a film that needs to have that serious element. Owen Wilson plays one very mono own level really for me Mm. and he doesn't try to go from one extreme to the other he has no ability in that sense and how who am i to criticize but i've watched enough films with him in it to know that he brings one character and that's owen wilson like he, he doesn't yeah exactly he doesn't seem to play or capture anybody else it's always just him even in the sophology television commercials it's just owen wilson yeah. And that's because it is just Owen Wilson. It's the same person we see in every single film. <laughs> and it's just really unfortunate because I think this film could have been a lot, lot better. Yeah, I, I just, you know, we don't have to agree. I, I just disagree with you on, on many, many elements. I'm, but that's I'm the really... thing, David. I'm not trying to get you to agree. I'm trying to get you to argue back and, and give me a convincing yeah. argument back. But yeah. I'm not hearing it quite yet. Oh, well, yeah. that is a shame. <laughs> Um, no, but like I said, I just I just don't believe it. I don't know what's going on. Uh, it, it just seems a bit of a mess. The script is terrible, um, for one. What you mean the dialogue? Yeah, it's it's it feels forced. It feels wooden. Um, the but could, actual but write- could that be the delivery though? I, I think it's the writing itself, um, and and things. I I don't know. I, I might have to. I mean, God, do I have to rewatch it? Maybe I've missed the point here. But like <laughs> I said, the, the ending somewhat redeemed it. I'm not saying like the ending was great, but I think I think people will go into this if if they. I I think this will get slammed. I haven't looked at the Rotten Tomato scores because I'm not allowed to. But I think this will get absolutely panned on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I think the scores will be terrible. I I think you're probably right. I think I, I I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you in the sense that it's 
a bad or good film. Like I'm not saying I'm I'm saying you're right. It's gonna get panned. But I'm I'm delving into the film a little bit more and I'm looking and I'm trying to find the positive things and I and, and yeah. the things that intrigued me. And as as a, as an audience member who enjoys films like The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind who which which really shows a character who goes inside himself quite literally inside his mind and you know it's this is this is very similar in that sense you get a lot of essence of that that movie and it just didn't quite match the experience i think but it it yeah. intrigued me at the end of the day that that i think that's the best way of summing it up it intrigued me didn't sell it to me because of the way that the actors um were portraying the characters on the screen and that and that's it really for me i think <laughs> that's it for me goodbye <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us craig um so do you think we're ready for the questions yeah go on i'm gonna ask you this is the, this is I'm, I'm interested so bliss uh out on amazon prime today i believe 5th of february yeah um is it worth our listeners watching um Look, it's on Amazon Prime. If you have a Prime subscription, this is free. This is free for you to listen to. Listen to? To watch. Don't listen to it. It's an audio book. Bliss, the audio book. No, this is definitely not. It's it's rated R in America. It's going to be an 18, I believe, here in the UK. Is it? Well, yes, it's an R in America, so it probably will be... It probably will be maybe a 15. Maybe it's a 15. It doesn't actually say... There is some moments of violence in this. There Quite certainly graphic is. at times. Yes, there certainly is. Um, so I think it could be um, an 18 um, if it's got an R certificate in America. Um, the the, the BB, BBFC doesn't tend to sometimes match what the um, American Film Board do. But nonetheless, I think this film is worth watching because it's on Amazon Prime. It's a Prime original movie as well. Um, it's not one that Amazon have just bought. They actually funded this one. And yeah. um, I, I, I genuinely do think that if you're into your science fiction dramas, perhaps, that this might pique your interest. Um, if you're someone like David who really likes meat-on-the-bone dramas <laughs> that have historical... Um, non-fictional cultural. cultural political things going on it he loves that sort of stuff um, I'm a fan I like those things as well but I'm a real sci-fi buff of, as well and I like mm. when films have elements of sci-fi in it they don't go crazy with it this had that and and, and, and and I like that about the film it's just the acting that didn't really sell it to me David Bliss is it worth it? Uh, I've got to say no I, th- I, I really thought it was a bit of a mess I thought the script was was wasn't great. Um, I I just didn't engage with the characters. Um, I'm not saying Owen Wilson's a bad actor. He's he's had a very successful career, but I just thought he he's had poorly. a very successful career playing himself, though. Yeah, but who am I to criticise him? You know, he's... I mean, I said that earlier, but <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> I, I th- look. I'll, I'll go on. You know, maybe I should be a bit more open with my thoughts. I think Owen Wilson is pretty bad in this film. Um, I don't necessarily think it's his fault because I think the direction's a bit wonky. I think the script's a bit off. Um, like I said, the only positive I pulled out from it in my notes is the cinematography. I thought there was some striking cinematography in there, um, but it, it just felt very confused. And the ending. I'm not saying the ending was great, but the ending offered me a little bit of hope in a film that overall I just didn't feel was worth it. Well, there you go, folks. Bliss is worth it and not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Great. (laughs) 
interrupt this broadcast or visit Worth It The Film Review podcast for an important announcement. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would like to remind you that you can now become a Patreon supporter for as little as $3 a month. This helps the podcast to continue to grow as well as offering the potential for bonus content and Is It Worth It merchandise. Your support helps the podcast stay alive. So why not become a Patreon supporter today? Head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Is It Worth It podcast. So, our next review will be The Dig, which is currently available on Netflix. As World War II looms, a wealthy widow hires an amateur archaeologist to evacuate the burial mounds on her estate. When they make a historic discovery, the echoes of Britain's past resonate in the face of its uncertain future. Before we dive into this review, let's take a little look and a listen to a wonderful clip. I found that ship. I may not be a fellow at Cambridge, but I worked out what was down there. Jacobs and Spooner too, and nobody will remember that. You don't know that. And if you're not around to see it to the end, there's even less chance. You always told me you're working about the past or even the present. That's for the future. So that the next generations can know where they came from. The line that joins them to their forebears. Isn't that what you always say? Something like that. Why else would the lot of you be playing around in the dirt while the rest of the country prepares for war? Because that means something, doesn't it? Something that'll last longer than whatever damn war we're heading into. So that was a clip from The Dig. And, um, well, let's start off from the very top. And let's look at the cast. Um, we've got Ralph Fiennes in this movie. We've got Carrie Mulligan. I think they're the two real big lead actors in this film. Um, you've also got Lily James and Johnny Flynn. These are the four people that I think we're going to really delve into. Um, starting off with with Ralph Fiennes, I think he plays Basil Brown amazingly well. I think he's a... Br- we all know Ralph Fiennes or Rafe Fiennes. Is it Rafe Fiennes or Ralph Fiennes? I believe it's Rafe. Well, it's spelt Ralph. <laughs> I believe it is Rafe, but I may be wrong. Well, Mr. I, Fines will refer to him as. I think you're probably right. Either way, I think he is a, a hugely talented actor. We've seen him in various different roles and directing as well. And this film, he really does bring his A-game, I think. he He's able to really embody what a you know, an amateur archaeologist is all about and how he, how he can yeah. portray and carry himself in that film as, as, as an amateur archaeologist. It's he, he's just transformative. If you know what I mean? Like he's not able to like, he's not, he's not Voldemort transformative. He's, he's simply just able to become another human being almost. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Carrie Mulligan. I think I have a problem with, um, yeah. There's there's this loose, tangible um, thing that I see here, and it's the fact that she's actually 35 years old, playing yeah. a 59 year old, and it's it's so visible on the screen that she's actually factually playing somebody who's much older. Yeah, and it doesn't quite fit. So already we're off to a slightly bad start here because 
Simon Stone is is bending the truth here, or perhaps maybe the writers here are, are bending the truth. But it's it certainly you know takes things down a different road almost. We think Carrie Mulligan's in this age group where perhaps we could see something happen in this film where maybe some so some romance might blossom, but we don't get that from Carrie Mulligan's character because actually she she's actually something's not quite right with her really is there david but yeah, it's yeah, it's spot on. and what i'm saying that is it's the character not mm. not the not the actor also there is that problem with the actor but it ah oh, it's it's really it really bugs me how when they take a film like this which is based on a very a, a true story mm. how they can then allow the truth to be bent in so many ways and it's taking a lot of things out of context that I, and trying to make something that perhaps wasn't really exciting in real life and trying to make it exciting on screen but fails to do that in some ways because of mm. because of how many truths they're trying to bend here does that make sense Absolutely perfect sense. Um, in my notes, I had that Netflix, uh, The Dig, accused of ageism over casting of Carrie Mulligan, 35, as 56-year-old woman. Um, so like you say, that that it's, it's a tough one because Carrie Mulligan's a fantastic actress. She's been in so many great films and she's so versatile. Yeah. Um, particularly with her with her voice you know she's played uh, american she's played you know southern america deep south americans now she's playing that true quintessentially british person um <laughs> the, the the casting is is strange um and it, it is something that hasn't gone unnoticed but for me if we overlook that um I think the most interesting thing you said about this film was it tries to make something that's not exciting, exciting. And I'm going to be honest, this film has given me sleepless nights. Um, this one out of all of them. Out of all of them. This one has given me sleepless nights. And I have been in a battle, a war in my own mind as to whether this film is worth it or not. And let me let me break down why, because... It starts with a lovely soundtrack, very much like News of the World. The first thing you think is, yeah, this has got a beautiful soundtrack. It's England. It's 1939. Um, The characters look great. They really capture the era well. There's interesting character development. The cinematography is great. Some gorgeous shots of Suffolk, um, the sun rising and the sun setting. And halfway, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued as to where it goes. And I'm thinking... This must go somewhere. The script is good. The acting's brilliant. But it tries to take... I'm not saying archaeology is boring because it is not. Finding... No, actually, the, what, what they found here was, was certainly not boring. Extraordinary. Yeah, revolutionary. Um, you know, uh, wasn't a Viking. It was a... Uh, was it what, what, medi- medieval? Um, some sort of very old ship. Um, <laughs> I think it was supposed to be um, Nordic of some sort. Or Anglo-Saxon. It, yeah, uh, look, one of you, some, you can yeah, tell really our old, history isn't really great, old. but it was, a, it, was, it was a very old boat like, uh, or ship. You know, rotting was, old. But... <laughs> extraordinary. Found on Sutton Hoo um, in Suffolk. Um, and it, the reason I'm struggling to say whether this film is worth it or not is because if I break it down... The cinematography is by Mike Ely, is brilliant. The casting was by Lucy Bevan. Um, 
controversial with Kerry Mulligan, but I really like her. Um, I think Ray Fiennes is... Is, is fantastic. We, we, we criticised Owen Wilson in our last review for saying Owen Wilson literally is just Owen Wilson. But Ray Fiennes has this ability to become characters. And I actually listened to an interview with Ray Fiennes and Simon Mayo. Um, and he did a lot of work to become this character. For example, we see him cycling in this film. Ray Fiennes actually sourced a bike from the period and cycled the three or four miles um, that this gentleman would have to have cycled every every week to get to to get to this site, and he really studied the character. Um, in this interview, he said that Basil Brown left school at twelve. Um, he was completely self-taught when it came to archaeology, astronomy. Um, apparently, he learned a number of different la languages, including Latin. Um, and in this interview, you got a real sense that Ralph Ray Fiennes was. He he did become this character. Lily yeah. James is great in it. Johnny Flynn, Ben Chaplin, Ken Stott. Um, so the cinematography is great. The casting I think is good. Um, the script is solid. It's really well acted. Like all all the categories, Craig. I'm going through with my pen and I'm ticking them, saying good, good, good. And it's emotional. Like it manages to get me interested in an old boat. Um, that takes some doing. But there's something about the film that doesn't feel quite right no like it's... and i can tell you what it is you know i would love to know it misses the beat on everything that it tries to explore so that's from a love interest with lily james's character um they really sell her short as well in the film i really think that they put her down as this this you know she's on along for the ride sort of thing mm. and then ends up finding this love with with johnny flynn's character who you know He's is about to go off to war, and again, we're on the precipice of World War Two, mm. and they don't really make much about it, to be honest with you. Yes, spot on. You know, there's a lot of things in the in in the, in in this movie that they didn't make much about, and they really needed to bring those elements in a bit more to really hit home. Basil Brown was an amazing person, and as you said, self-taught, left school at twelve years old, and he he wrote books. He he found amazing things. He 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 was a very knowledgeable person and did amazing things for this country in terms of 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 archaeology and historical findings. Mm. But also in the film, they pay homage to the fact that he also wrote a book about like um, about the stars and really trying to write it in a way that anybody could understand. Yeah, spot on. And really and truly, what they're trying to do is 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 pay these respects to to Basil Brown and and say that how amazing this character was and and also Carrie Mulligan's character Edith Pretty who who had the land and you know really wanted to have these mounds investigated to find out what they really were what they were hiding she had this feeling and she was also an extraordinary woman but they don't really manage to to get all of that across and 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 they fail to do that and it's it's all of these brilliant tangents that they should have gone on they just leave you hanging and they mm. never ever fulfill what you're hoping to f for them to fulfill and and it's a really 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 quite annoying now i think the person that actually sums it up really well is is steve who sent us a, an audio clip now would you mind if i play that now dave please go ahead okay well this is this is steve am i correct steve or steven uh steve or steven but uh, yes does he prefer steven 
I, I don't know, but we'll go for Steve. He's a damn good man, I will say that. Okay, well, Steve, Stephen, here's a clip from you. David and Craig, uh, thanks for letting me review a film on your most excellent show. Um, nice to actually see your faces now. Well, not as much as we can through that strange wildlife reserve on yours, David. So, the, uh, the dig. Um, I'll start by saying I'm probably not the target audience for this film. But that said, I'm, I'm not really sure who would be. Um, Acting-wise, it was good. Uh, Ralph Fiennes is obviously an excellent actor, and so is Carrie Mulligan. Um, they all have that classic British perfunctory, a certain stoic way of, of never quite saying more than is needed, but that does get a bit grating after a while. And it's basically, at its heart, a film about someone who has pills on her land and gets a scruffy man to dig them up. Um, they find a historical treasure down there, and then, well, then it ends. Um, there is an attempt at a romantic twist in there, but but not very much. Um, it could have been just a quaint little period piece, but then they try and forcefully inject a sense of, of grandeur that never quite comes to fulfilment. Even hinting at the start, this could be the remains of a great king, but then apparently it, it, it isn't. So, um, I mean, it also, it's set in World War Two or the beginning of it as it's breaking out. And, but they almost gloss over this, which could have been an opportunity to make it just a little bit more exciting. Uh, but to sum up, uh, I know, David, you like your food. <laughs> Sorry, your, your food analogies. <laughs> um, it's a bit like a souffle. It puffs us up with its own sense of deep meaningfulness. But ultimately, there's not much inside. <laughs> wow, Steve, thank you very much for that. And and I, I, I couldn't agree more with everything that you said there and you perfectly summed it up. Steve, would you like to take my place on the podcast? Because I, I know that's what so I'm thinking, yeah. Eloquent. My place or your place? Both. Just is it oh, worth just, it with just Steve? Steve? Yeah, I agree actually. Like I think um I thought was absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um and and he's right, you do like your food. Um <laughs> <laughs> I've lost six pounds, I'll have you know. Have I've you? lost six. Yeah, I have. Is it all gone to the beard, though? Like... Well, the beard is, he referred to the beard. The beard is, I think we are on Zoom and this is going to be on YouTube. The beard is big. Um, early March, it's coming off. Oh, really? Yeah. It's my winter coat, you see. Yeah, but it's not covering much of your body or head. It's covering well, part of your I, face I literally and your have neck. an upside down it's basically head, but... a, It's basically a scarf. <laughs> a beard scarf yeah but anyway back to, to 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 what we're actually supposed to be doing here and that's reviewing the dig and i think steve perfectly sums up the film with his food analogy of it being like some sort of puff pastry that that puffs up and ultimately just there's nothing inside it and and it's true it it does really try to 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 show us something and and really tries hard to I don't know, sell us something exciting, but it's just not exciting at all. And it's really unfortunate because it could have been exciting. This could have been the film that got kids into archaeology. Do you know what I mean? But that was probably Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah true, true, true. Sorry, <laughs> I, thought, I was, I was, I was hoping you'd laugh at that, but you know what? Sorry about that. <laughs> no, sorry. I... <laughs> no, I oh, was, God, I was, that was the... so forced. I was I was looking at my notes because I believe it's based on a novel by John Preston. Um, I believe. Um, I thought it was based on truth. Yeah, but I believe there's a... Hang on, why have I got John Preston novel? What does that mean? Well, that means he wrote the novel. 
Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, I've gone on a completely random tangent. Um, I don't... I think that's a little bit a little bit harsh where you say it's not exciting. I think it manages I to mean, take some... I mean, the first 15, 20 minutes is an exciting part, David. Pardon? It's about... Well, the first 15, 20 minutes there is an exciting thing that happens. Which is? I mean, he, there's a, there's almost a burial. Oh, yeah, true, true. Um, and I don't think it's a spoiler. We have a moment where the RAF are obviously training and we have a plane crash. No, that's not the bit I'm talking about. I know, I know oh, the bit oh, you're you mean referring you're, to. Oh, you mean you're... There's but another there bit. is another bit. I I think they've... It's This is why it's given me sleepless nights, because I think they've managed to do something quite good in the sense they've made something which, for most people, isn't that interesting, somewhat interesting. But at the end of the day, it is just Ray Fiennes digging up an old boat. Um, and, and that's somewhat the film's downfall. Um, I don't know. It's 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 a tough one because, like I said, technically on all those categories, I'm ticking. It's ticking the boxes, but it's 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 troubled me, Craig. It really has troubled me. Well, I think you're going to have to answer some questions now, then, aren't you? Uh, but I don't know what I'm going to say. Well, you ask me the question then, Craig. The dig <laughs> is it worth it? Yes, it's worth watching for the performances. Um, it may be worth watching for the archaeological, archaeological. Oh my goodness me, the gin is going to my head. The archaeological. What is Archeolo- that? What am Arche- I trying to say? The archaeology, the archaeological, archaeological. <laughs> That's the rhubarb gin, there, folks. It's worth it for the archaeological finds that they find. If you are somebody who's interested in that sort of thing, then it's definitely worth watching. If you're interested in that history, I think, yeah, it's totally worth watching. But I think it just, every corner that you get excited about, it ends up mis-selling you and, and, and you, it builds you up and drops you like a stone into water and, and you sink right to the bottom and, and and that's unfortunate really and that is why i think it's worth it and not worth it and it's up to you if you like those sort of films to go and watch it i i can't actually give you an honest opinion because it's, it hasn't given me sleepless nights but i just can't give you yeah, a direct it's, answer it's such a tough one it really is such a tough one yeah but look it's on netflix if you have a Netflix subscription and you're stuck for something to watch and you like period dramas almost mm. and you like things about, you know, historical finds and you like Ralph Fiennes and you like um, Carrie Mulligan, then give it a watch. There we go. Mm. I think that's the best way of summing it up, really, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. The Dig. David, is it worth it? I'm going to... This is this has tormented me and I still haven't decided. Off the cuff, I, I, I'm going to say no. Um it's a bizarre no because like i've said the script is is really good it's well acted there's some beautiful cinematography i think ray finds his performance is exceptional i really loved his character um basil brown but there's something missing here and for your average movie watcher I just don't think this is going to excite you enough i think you'll find it a little bit boring so for your average movie goer no i'm afraid the dig Oh, it's not worth it. I said it. Hopefully oh. I will sleep better now. <laughs> Nearly said it was worth it. Nearly.
We're now on our final review of week 52 and it's Penguin Bloom. In 2013, Samantha Bloom, her husband Cameron and their three sons left their home in Australia for a holiday in Thailand. Now, while enjoying a view, Sam fell off a rooftop. Paralyzed from the chest down, Sam, a lifelong outdoors woman, surfer and travel a traveller, was unrecognisable to herself and spent long months in a depression that made her question who she could be in the world and in her own family. This is on Netflix and uh, let's take a little look and listen to a clip. So that was a clip from Penguin Bloom. Um, Where do I start with this film? Well, uh, there's a theme to this show, and the theme, I think, is music. We've had some fantastic scores in a number of different films on this show. Um, And I'll start with the music. You could hear it there in the clip. Um, The music is by Marcelo Zavos. Um, The opening scenes, we have some really nice opening shots of the beach and our protagonist surfing and this voiceover introducing the main characters and everything seems, you know, I'm going to go back to bliss, blissful and and wonderful. And then (laughs) tragedy strikes Mm. and unfortunately our protagonist played by Naomi Watts has... um, Sam Bloom has this this terrible accident when she's on holiday in Thailand where she's leaning on a railing and the, and the railing gives way and, and, and she falls off and she's paralysed from the chest down. And this film is the kind of film that I love because it it's a deep analysis. We, we see the mum struggling, not so much with physical pain. She does talk about the physical pain. But it's the mental anguish of her accident and her loss, what it means for her as a woman, what it means for her as a mother. Um, And we then are introduced to this magpie, which is so meta because this magpie has fallen out of a tree, um, is in a very poor condition. And this family take it in and nurture it back to health. And the, the contrast between the magpie's recovery and Naomi Watts' character is very meta, but it's also very, very beautiful. Um, I am a real softy when it comes to animals. Like, animal cruelty to me is something that should be more harshly um, treated by the police, um, by the courts. I think animal cruelty is abhorrent. 
and any film with an animal really gets me engaged. So when I saw, I didn't see a trailer, but when I saw the poster of Naomi Watts with a magpie on her shoulder, I was intrigued. Um, Craig, for you, did you go in knowing much about the film? What did you think of it? No, I, um, I, I, I didn't go in knowing very much about the film at all. And I was surprised again because you know posters can be very misleading can't they and yeah i was certainly misled by the poster on this film um i, I thought this film was terrific i really did i yeah. um you know everything from the casting all the way down to 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 the locations that they used um right the way through to even the the magpies as well because the magpies in this film are 100 real they're not cgi you know yeah. you know it takes a really special director who is able to work with adults children and animals all in one encompassed thing and yeah and wow amazing work has come has gone here um it's based on the book by cameron bloom and bradley trevor grieve who obviously has written the book based on the true story so it's almost like a memoir i suppose of of what happened um and yeah it's it's sad but it's so uplifting as well this film yeah um to see to see the fact that they shot this film entirely in the house of the blooms the real life blooms oh wow is is amazing as well and this is a great film to come out of australia that to 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 come on to netflix at this moment in time because despite the fact that it has that heavy subject matter or somebody who's yeah. who ends up basically in a wheelchair um and it's their way of trying to come to terms with the fact that they can they're never going to be able to walk again yeah. and and really find their place in the world again because this person yeah. is able or was able to do a lot of impressive things by simply just because they could walk you know yeah. and and you don't realize how much that really puts people into a difficult position from being able to do that to then no longer being able to simply get up and go and help their children in the middle of the yes. night and you know when we are introduced to to penguin um you know it you're not you're not sure which way this is going to go because you know samantha is not going to be a big fan of this she's already you know feeling quite depressed and having a squawking magpie squawking <laughs> in the middle of the night is not yeah. something you're going to really want um but they 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 form this bond that is just amazing and it's something you would never expect really um when i when i told um charis that i was going to be watching a film called penguin bloom and it was about a magpie that somehow forms a bond with a woman who who seemed rather down she did she was she that, that really didn't sell it to her um you know i i i i i went in knowing that as the bare basics yeah and i really didn't know really what to expect um it was basically written on the netflix thing and it was like yeah. oh god is this gonna do it for me you know what yes it did it really 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 did we've got a fantastic cast andrew lincoln who is from the walking dead nomi watts who is also um like a two-time academy award winner or nominee i think it's nominee definitely nominee um and you know we've you know these are brilliant yeah. castings um Naomi Watts is also a producer on the film as well. She obviously took a really keen interest in making this. Um, and yeah, like honestly, I, I couldn't speak more highly of this movie. I really couldn't. And yeah, this is totally, where you come in as well. Yeah, <laughs> totally agree. Naomi Watts, like you said, two-time Oscar nominee. 
Um, I thought her performance was brilliant. Um, I thought the ensemble cast was great. Um, forgive me if I can't remember their names, but the, the, some of the child actors, particularly, um, was it, uh, what would his name be? I'm not 100% sure. Well, the, you've got Griffin Murray Johnston, uh, Felix Cameron and Abe Clifford Barr, I believe, as the children in the film. Um, and I think they they are the ones that you're referring to, yeah? Yeah, but one of the lead characters, the the boy with the long hair that does the voiceover, yeah. Um, basically his, narrating his, the film, yeah. Basically narrating the film. His performance is great. And there's lots of layers to to his performance and to his character because he blames himself for f- fundamentally for the accident that his mum has because he's the one that said, Let, let's go up onto that rooftop and have a look out at the scenery. So there's... And then there's the fact that he has to forgive himself, that his mum in many ways has to forgive him, even though it wasn't his fault. Um and what's good about this film is this for anyone to end up paralyzed from the chest down is a tragedy that I can't even consider coming to terms with. Just can't um, conceive it, can you? No, it must be absolutely horrifying for you, for your family, but particularly for a woman that, w- that identified and was really um, epitomized by her You can't do words either tonight. Athleticity. Is that a word? I don't know. Athleticism? Yes, athleticism. That's the word. (laughs) She's she's a surfer. She's a hiker. She's a a real get get up and go out and do it. And then she can't move. And it's, it's a film that you're probably thinking, this sounds depressing. But it but it is so uplifting and it's uplifting with the narrative. It's uplifting with the character arcs. Um, it's got a beautiful score. Um, and, and she learns to, she has to become a new woman basically. Mm. And they make that very, very clear. This isn't about her in many ways coming to terms. This is about her becoming a new person. Like her life has changed and the journey she goes on, the way it is shot, the way it is performed, the, the script, it's its truly beautiful. And I absolutely loved Penguin Bloom. Like I said, I've got a real soft spot. And it's its its about the magpie, but it, but it also isn't about the magpie. But the magpie represents everything that she represents. Yeah. Um, getting better, going back into the world, carrying on with her life. Um, I thought it was a, a, a really surprisingly good. Yeah, I yeah it it really really was great and you know magpies are intriguing creatures and I'm, I'm very much so intrigued by them because of this movie because they are so able and and in tune with other people they're so smart and and sensitive in a way they actually show this emotion mm. in in the actions that they do and you know there's moments in the film where they it, the magpie just doesn't want to be left alone and it cries yeah. it it really does cry and there's moments where it tries to comfort itself with a soft toy and it's beautiful it really is cute and and it it really 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 inspired me to have a little look about magpies in a bit more depth and apparently in australia they're actually um endangered Do you know oh that? really yeah because what I didn't notice is if you if you're a UK listener, um, the Australian magpie is slightly different to the to the British magpie. I'd suggest it's slightly plumper, a little bit larger, and has a slightly bright, brighter plumage um, than the black and white magpie here. Um, Are you a bit of a bird watcher? I um, our listeners may not know this in the summer, not in the winter. Oh, I have done it in the winter. I absolutely love bird watching. 
um, going to a, um, a a big lake or, or an open piece of land and, and watching birds is intriguing. The migration of birds from north to south, the variety of birds that you can see, particularly water-based birds, is, is fascinating. Yeah, I, lo- I love bird watching. I think it's great. I didn't know that about you. There's a, just down from my road at the moment, there is a kingfisher, um, which I often see on my way to work. There is a small river um, which comes off of the canal um, or flows into the canal, I should say. Um, And I've seen the kingfisher. And the other day when the snow was down, uh, I saw a kingfisher in the snow um, (laughs) and it was gorgeous. A kingfisher is a beautiful orange and blue bird, for those of you who don't know. And it literally is the king of fishing. It's a, my mum got a video um, which he put up on Facebook of a kingfisher actually catching a fish, um, and we do have a magpie that often visits my workplace. Um, oh, really? I can I can never remember. Is it one for luck, two for joy, three for sorrow? What is it? It's um, yeah, one for no, yeah, no. Is it one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for four a boy? For a boy. Yeah, so you want to see them in pairs. You don't want to see them on their own. Because they mate. We've got it's because they distracted. Yeah, because, it's because they mate for life. <laughs> we did get Is very it? distracted. But yeah, they yeah. mate for life, don't they? So, yeah. you know, it's it's one for sorrow because it's on its own. Yeah, two, two for, for joy sure. because they're together. There yeah, we go. Yeah. So is it one that you see? Uh, I'd have to double check, but I think it is one, yeah. Oh, no. I want to rescue it. Oh, okay. Is it on it? What, what do you mean? It's not injured or anything. Oh. What do you mean you want to rescue it then? Oh, I don't know. After Set it up film, on, on on magpiedating.com or something. Magpie. There, there's a there's a website called Magpie, isn't there, where you can sell old DVDs I and think stuff. A music Magpie. Anyway, <laughs> we divulge far too much here. Yeah, we have lost the plot a bit. We yeah. have. Let's bring it back to the movie and perhaps let's ask some questions because I think people mm. really want to know whether it's worth watching. So Yeah, let's do it. Penguin Bloom. David, is it worth it? Absolutely worth it. Um, brilliant performances by the whole ensemble cast. Lovely cinematography by Sam Chiplin. Um, beautiful music by Marcelo Zavos. Um, and just a really heavy but uplifting piece um, that I just think will enjoy these lockdown times when we we can we we often feel like we're we're trapped and we we can't do anything. It's important for people who are well to remember the gift of being able to walk and t- and and taking each day as a gift embracing each day and to see this woman learn to love herself forgive herself and move forward with her life it was a beautiful watch penguin bloom on netflix 100% worth it craig for you penguin bloom is it worth it Yes, this is definitely worth watching. Um, and you've outlined all of the reasons why it's worth watching. I will just give a big shout out to the director, um, Glendon Ivan, who he's done a number of of TV miniseries and TV series and 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 shorts and stuff. And he's done. It's not his directorial debut for the for the for the film world, but it's it's he hasn't done very many. And um, it's really good to see him stretch those skills and and bring it back to maybe doing something different and he's done a great job bringing all of this together from from the story to working with children and adults and being sensitive to the story and really making something emotive and uplifting at the same time and uh, yeah really fantastic film um go and watch it netflix available right now (laughs) right now right now
thank you for listening to week 52 of Is It Worth It? If you've got any views on the films this week, you can contact the show at mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com or, just like Steve, you can even send us a voice memo. Yep, cheers Steve for that. Uh, you could also follow us on social media at Film Is Worth It on Twitter and search for Is It Worth It, the film review podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're listening online through the website, you can also subscribe to the podcast using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and all good podcasting apps. Uh, yeah. If you've listened to quite a few episodes now and you think the show is worth it why not share it with a friend spread the word we love getting downloads and our downloads are going up so thank you dear listener yes that's correct um, and if you want <laughs> it even more and want to support us further the Patreon support page is the next step follow the link in the description of this week's episode or head to www.patreon.com forward slash is it worth it podcast and Craig has vanished on on Zoom no he's back I'm back Craig is back <laughs> well I think that's all that's left for us to do really David is um, say goodbye well, I thought for one minute we might actually succeed of um, doing the outro correctly but in, on this you instance, messed it up I messed it up yeah oh dear, oh dear. what a shame but it has been a privilege and you have been listening to is it worth it the film review podcast I thought we were going to do that together oh we messed it up now is it worth it? The Film Review, Review Podcast. Oh. oh, what a shambles. <laughs> Try again next week. Try again next week. Thanks yeah. for listening. Goodbye. Yeah, cheerio.